They have a reputation for being aligned with leadership and the priorities. They have a reputation for making good decisions. They have a reputation for doing really good work, getting things done and delivering and making relationships better and better and better. They do great work and they're great to work with. But it doesn't mean they make, you know, look, if you say yes, 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 in the moment, you end up making promises you can't deliver on. And that is the last thing anybody's looking for in a go-to person. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon Podcast, making the world a better place by unleashing human potential. We'll help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Notch. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to support you, to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday in the Facebook group where I interview one of our community members. We talk about mindset, personal development, and entrepreneurship, but more importantly, I wanted to interview the members of the Mindset Nation community so that we can get to know each other even more. You can join the community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation. Once again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation. Or simply go to our website, MindsetHorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says MindsetNation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And now let me introduce today's guest. So today I'm joined by Bruce Tolgan, who is the author of The Art of Being Indispensable at Work. He's a best-selling author, an advisor to business leaders all over the world, and a sought-after keynote speaker. Since 1995, Tolgan has worked with tens of thousands of leaders and managers in hundreds of organizations, ranging from Aetna to Walmart and from the U.S. Army to the YMCA. He lectures at the Yale Graduate School of Management as well as other academic institutions. Tolgan's books include the updated and expanded edition of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy and the best-selling It's Okay to Be the Boss. He's the founder and chairman of Rainmaker Thinking and he lives in New Haven, Connecticut. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Bruce's personal story and journey and how he became passionate about what he does today. In the middle of the episode, we discuss how to become indispensable at work and what it takes to win influence, beat overcommitment, and get the right things done. Closer to the end of the episode, Bruce shares tips on how to be of great value to others and cultivate a service mindset. 
In the end, Bruce recommends powerful books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest, then check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes. Simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Bruce Tolgan to find the episode's show notes page. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Bruce, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Uh, thank you so much for including me. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I'm really excited to talk about different topics today, but I wanted to start this conversation with your story. So I'm curious how you became a leadership guru and a sought-after keynote speaker, best-selling author. As far as I know, you were a lawyer first and then you transitioned. Well, it was a lot, many years ago, but I'm curious about your journey. Yeah, well, I was only a lawyer for 428 days back in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I worked at uh, number two That's Wall cool. Street. Yeah, at, at uh, the second oldest law firm in America uh, when I was a young uh, young person. <clears throat> I graduated from law school in 1992, and I went to work at this uh, at this law firm. And you know, I was I was frustrated with the experience I was having, uh, and I had this sense that the older, more experienced people didn't understand people my age. And mm -hmm. I had some conversations that really drew a bright line under that impression. And I had this conversation with one of the senior partners at one point where he said, you know, gee, you and all the young lawyers seem like a bunch of slackers. Now, this was back in the 90s when Generation Xers were the young people in the workplace. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, anyway, this made me very curious and it set me on a, uh, a journey to uh, write an article that was going to be called what your young employees are whispering about over lunch. And, uh, that turned <laughs> yeah. into, right. That turned into my first book, uh, managing generation X, which came out, um, in, uh, 95. And then that just hit a nerve. And all of a sudden people were calling me and asking me to come speak to their leaders. Uh, my first clients were like GE and steel wow. case and the army, you know? And so I went for, I, wow. I was a young person. All of a sudden I was going around telling the grownups how uh, the young people wanted to be managed. Wow. That's really awesome. And you have, you have written a couple of books, I would say, uh, is it 20 if I'm not mistaken? Well, the one that just was released is number 21. Now that wow. depends on what you count. You know, when I go to Scotland, uh, there's a whole series of our books that are called uh, our manager's pocket guide series that are published by human resources development press. And um, uh, in, when I go, went to Scotland, I learned that they call those my wee books. And so they say, ah, here are your big books and here are your wee books. <laughs> yeah, if, you count, if, if you count the wee books, then there's 21 altogether. But um, uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, but uh, the new one is called The Art of Being Indispensable at Work. And that one uh, was just released by Harvard Business Review Press. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that concept. It's really interesting. But before we do, I'm curious about your motivations because uh, so you became or you transitioned from from being a lawyer. But, you know, throughout the years, I'm just curious 
what kept you going in this field? So what were you passionate about? What, what are you passionate about when it comes to this topic? I mean, I think ultimately I'm passionate about my curiosity. And um, I, I, I maybe um, I always say what I do beats working. And people say, well, what do you mean? What do you do? And I watch people work and I study it and I ask about it. And then I write about it and talk about it. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> better that than working. So I don't know. I'm very curious about human enterprise. I'm very curious about uh, why people go work someplace as opposed to another. You know, people spend so much time doing their work. Uh, why do people uh, prefer to do certain kinds of tasks and responsibilities as opposed to others? Uh, what do people want to learn about? Uh, how do people build relationships at work? Um, what do people look for in a leader? Uh, so I'm very curious about those things. And um, all of our work is research driven. So my first book um, you know, I was 27. Uh, how did I uh, publish a book at the age of 27? What I did was I interviewed a bunch of young people and asked them, how are you being managed? How does that affect your ability to perform? How do you wow. want to be managed? And so that led to managing Generation X. And mm -hmm. as a result of that, that book is really a primary document because it has a lot of verbatim interview narratives. Um, it's written sort of as uh, it's still used in uh, business schools and sociology classes because there's so much primary data in there. Uh, but mm -hmm. also wow. beyond that, that also uh, remained our method. So uh, in the last 27 years, we've now uh, included more than a half a million people from more than 400 organizations in our interview research. And um, these are in-depth interviews uh, and they're longitudinal interviews. So we keep talking with people as long as they're willing to keep talking to us. So some of these interviews go on and on for decades. Wow. There, are, there are people in our interviewee database whom I first interviewed in 1993. And, <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. So, it's, it, so, so I follow them. Wow. And you know, now organizations for many years have paid us to come in what they hire us to do is come yeah. in and interview and understand people. So, so what happens is based on the interview research, um, issues bubble to the surface. Uh, and when issues bubble to the surface, I start looking in the research for solutions. And when I find solutions to an important issue, I write a book. Wow, that's really amazing. That's a really good point there, actually. So you're kind of like getting to know the quote-unquote audience or a group of people and then you create solutions for different problems. And I was just wondering, out of curiosity, that's an important thing, I guess. Um, what are some of the topics? <laughs> what are some of the topics that you talk about, or in those interviews, or uh, you know, what do you talk about to people? Yeah, so um, the interviews are really uh, simple. It's uh, how are you being managed? How does that affect your ability to perform? How do you want to be managed? What do you love about your job and hope will never change? Um, what do you want to change? You know, what gets in your way? Uh, when we interview managers, we ask them, what's hard for you about managing people? Uh, we ask people, um, what helps you do more work better and faster? What makes you want to do more work better and faster? Mm. And, uh, you know, what happens is issues bubble up. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wrote a book uh, a while back uh, in the dot-com boom um, called Winning the Talent Wars. Um, I wrote a book in uh, the late uh, or early 
20 teens. Uh, let's see, it was 2009. And then we did an updated version in 2014. Yeah. Um, uh, because managers were struggling with millennials. And they said, well, hey, you wrote a book about Generation X. Can you write a book about millennials? Well, we had been interviewing young people for decades. So, you know, it's not like I just had to press print. But all I had to do was go in there and dig out all of these interviews from young people and the themes. So that, you know, I did a book called Not Everyone Gets a Trophy about the millennials. Um, you know, these issues materialize and the solutions are right there in the data. Yeah, it's really interesting. As you're talking about this, I am very fascinated uh, with this topic, especially, you know, seeing those issues bubble up, for example, or seeing those challenges. I wouldn't say problems, but challenges in the workplace nowadays. And you've mentioned millennials, and I just wanted to uh, dive a little bit deeper there. So when it comes to, you know, today's workplace, what are some of the challenges that you see? Yeah, I mean, I think what's happening right now, everyone is scrambling because we're in total crisis mode. Uh, yeah. I think people are, are afraid and uncertain. Uh, people are scrambling uh, to try to stay relevant. Uh, I think most people feel like, you know, they're worried about their livelihood. So they want to be indispensable. They want to show that, hey, I'm one of those indispensable people. Even if you get rid of others, don't get rid of me. And mm. But 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 as a result of that, um, it, it leaves people feeling like they can't say no, and so if you if you feel like you can't say no, uh, and then trying to be indispensable makes you very vulnerable to becoming overcommitted, and if you become overcommitted, mm -hmm. you put yourself in a position where the strong likelihood is you're going to have a very hard time uh, being indispensable. You're going to have a hard time being reliable, right? If, mm. if, if, if you can't say no, then pretty soon mm -hmm. you have too much to do, not enough time. You're juggling tasks, responsibilities, and projects, and you're always in danger of disappointing somebody. So the irony is, and in many ways, the puzzle I set out to solve in this book is mm -hmm. people want to be indispensable that and and so they 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 say well you know I better work harder than everyone else I better be great at my job I better have a great attitude I better say yes 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 to everyone and everything and the irony is uh that 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 leads to overcommitment syndrome which makes it almost impossible to be mm. indispensable so I was trying then, to solve I was trying to solve that riddle <laughs> yeah and then eventually burnout I would say so and uh, we talked about burnout on the podcast before. So if anyone is interested, <laughs> just go back and listen to this. But anyway, so your new book is The Art of Being Indispensable at Work, Win Influence, Beat Overcommitment, and Get the Right Things Done. So I was wondering if this idea, or why this book, why now? So did it come from the research that you have done uh, with other, uh, you know, or with people in the workplace? Yes, absolutely. And so this, you know, it's funny because I didn't write this book for the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I finished it just before the pandemic emerged. Wow. Uh, but, but I feel like I might as well have written it for the pandemic. <laughs> totally. Uh, completely. Know, because, you know, what I was trying to get at, what people were telling us in our interviews is uh, I'm overcommitted. 
Uh, I, 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 I have to rely. I, I have to work with so many people that it's not just my boss. It's not just my team. But I have, especially in large, complex organizations, but even in smaller organizations, you know, I have to rely on my lateral colleagues. It's not just my boss, but my colleagues from, you know, sometimes people are coming to me from all over the organization chart, people I don't even know, asking me for things and relying on mm-hmm. me. You know, you're yeah. not my boss. So that's not my job. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and I have to rely on people whom I don't even know and I can't hold accountable. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, I've got too much to do, not enough time. Uh, and, um, and there's so many factors outside my control at work and there's so much uncertainty and change. Uh, what do I do? How do I succeed in this environment? That is what led to this book. Wow. Wow. That's really interesting. And in the book, there are a couple of topics that you talk about. And one of the, um, one of the really interesting ones is, you know, how to, how to win influence and how to become a go-to person in the company. Um, so what are some of the ways to have more influence and become this go-to person? Well, it, people say, well, you've got to be great at your job. Of course you got to be great at your job, right? You got to work hard. Of course you got to work hard. <laughs> you you got to have a good attitude. Yes, of course you have to have a good attitude, but you can't do everything for everyone. So uh, uh, what is it that makes people um, really, really have that influence is Mm -hmm. when other people want to work with you, when other people want you to want to work with them, when other people want you to have more power, when other people want to make good use of your time, what is it? So these, what we, what I do is I go into organizations, I ask people, Hey, tell me about your, your. Uh, your go-to people. That's one of the questions I ask. Who are your go-to people? Who are the people you'd be lost without? Um, and tell me about them. And what we found was, of course, they're good at their job. Of course, they have a good attitude. Of course, mm-hmm. they work hard. But it's more than that. It's they, uh, they, they do the right things at the right times for the right reasons. They play a longer game. They have a reputation for being aligned with leadership and the priorities, they have a reputation for making good decisions. They have a reputation for doing really good work, getting things done and delivering and making relationships better and better and better. They're, they do great work and they're great to work with, but it doesn't mean they make, you know, look, if you say yes, 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 in the moment, you end up making promises you can't deliver on. And that is the last thing anybody's looking for in a go-to person. Wow, that's really interesting. One thing that stood out for me uh, is they are great to work with. I think that's really, really important. Also, not just in the workplace, but in general. For example, now I'm thinking more about entrepreneurs. They might have clients, they might have partners, partnerships. And like having this influence, it might mean that, you know, these person, these people, as you're saying, they want to work with you. So you have this influence with your attitude, um, maybe it's work ethic and, and different aspects, but I actually wanted to dive a little bit deeper into attitude. When you say attitude, what do you mean by that? Well, everybody has feelings. Feelings are on the inside. Attitude is on the outside. <laughs> attitude is how you express 
how you're, uh, how you express yourself on the outside. It's your, it's your, not your thoughts and your feelings. It's your expressions, your words, your tone, uh, your body language. What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode, and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations and want to learn more about mindset, entrepreneurship, or podcasting, or simply you want to hang out with other like-minded listeners, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast, episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Mindset Nation. Once again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Mindset Nation. Or simply go to our website, MindsetHorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And until then, be limitless, my friend. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. I provide one-on-one mentoring and group coaching programs where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility, and scale your online presence and business. You can read more about these services at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. On top of all that, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. Or simply shoot me an email at Tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R, Tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's mindset transforming conversation. Feelings are on the inside, attitudes on the outside. <laughs> you can have bad, you can feel bad, but, uh, but uh, professionals who behave like adults, nobody else knows, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, I'm not feeling it today. Oh, well, you're an adult at work, so nobody else should know that. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> and and um, uh, look, you know, part of it is a service mindset. Um, mm. So I do believe that at core, what you want to feel on the inside, whether you're having a good day or a bad day, is that what you, the the number one thing you can do uh, at work to build influence is make yourself valuable to other people. But you've got to play the long game. Uh, you're not making yourself valuable 
by making promises you can't keep. Um, you're not making yourself valuable uh, by steamrolling through people. You know, some people think that influence is, oh, hey, you wash my back, I'll wash yours, right? That it's <laughs> pro quo. Uh, and yeah. by the way, if you don't do this for me, I might not be there when you need me. Uh, that's influence peddling, not mm -hmm. real influence. Real influence is you have a true north, you conduct yourself uh, uh, based on integrity, values, service to others. And the reason you say no to someone is not because you're trying to coerce them, not because you don't like them, not because you don't feel like it, but because no is the right answer. And when you say yes to someone, they know they can take that to the bank. Um, and, and, and you say yes for the right reasons, because this is something you can do. This is something we're allowed to do. It aligns with priorities, with marching orders, and uh, this is something we should do. It's a good idea. And uh, when you conduct yourself this way, uh, what you do is you build a reputation for making the right decisions for the right reasons. And then people want to trust you. They want to have confidence in you. Uh, they know that you, they know where you're coming from and, and they know where you're going. Wow, that's really interesting. And you've mentioned a couple of uh, great things. So one is service mindset. I love that. Um, this is what I think a lot about, especially when it comes to the listeners. How can I be of service to those people? Because obviously, and of course, we are talking about um, having this influence in the workplace. But I think it's it's important to realize that it's true or can be true for anybody who want to you know, have more influence wherever they want to practice influence and having a service mindset is just a great aspect. Uh, become valuable and then play the long game, which is really interesting because uh, especially when I think about the podcast, uh, having a mindset of playing the long game is I think really important when someone starts uh, a podcast, for example. And I kind of like wanted to ask you about how people recognize that someone has this influence, like, you know, when in the workplace, for example, how do they react or, or, or at first they want to work with you. That's, I think one thing, uh, what are some other ways they, they can recognize this influence? Do you radiate, you know, as a person? You know? <laughs> it starts in the first interaction when somebody comes to you and asks you, uh, for something you want to convey that, uh, you want to tune into their need. You want to mm -hmm. tune into their request. So when they come to you with a question, uh, or with a request, uh, you don't jump to yes or no. You ask questions, uh, do an intake memo. Oh, wow. Let me make sure I understand what you need. Exactly. What is it that you need? Uh, exactly. When do you need it? Uh, let me ask some more questions of, about, about that. So what the first thing that conveys to someone is that you are really tuning in to their request, their need. By the way, uh, this also gives you a lot more power to say no, because you're showing respect for their need at the outset. And you're doing that authentically because every request is an opportunity for you to be valuable. Uh, people say to me, well, what do you mean be valuable? Do lots of work very well, very fast? You know, yes. But, yeah. but the way to make yourself valuable is to be someone others count on to help them get their needs met at work. Uh, 
So when somebody comes to you with a need, when somebody comes to you with a request, they're giving you this huge opportunity to add value. You want to add value in the interaction. Here's how you add value in the interaction. Maybe they haven't thought through their request or their need that well. So Mm -hmm. by asking them questions, by asking good questions, by helping, you're helping them fine tune their ask, fine tune their need, fine tune their request. Uh, Already you've added value. Uh, and then, uh, e- e- the more you understand their request and the more you conduct yourself this way in general, uh, the, the more quickly you're going to be able to say, okay, um, mm-hmm. I, I, whether I can do that or can't do that, maybe I know someone else who can, or I can do that maybe, but it's not my specialty. So I'd have to learn first, or I can do that maybe, but let me do some research first. I, uh, you know, I might be able to do that, but there might be somebody who's better for that. Um, and by the way, uh, uh, this also, um, makes other people when you need something from them, it makes them want to be able to do things for you. Not, not because they owe you, but because mm-hmm. of the way you treat them. Wow. That's really interesting. And, uh, I think you talk about this in the book when you build, go to people around you, right in the organization. <laughs> and then you have this kind of community, go to people community. Yeah, absolutely. And and so when you need something, uh, you've got to remember, yes, you're asking something of somebody, but go with a service mindset. When you need something from someone else, you're going to give them an opportunity to add value, to, to prove themselves and to add value and to build up their relationship with you more and more. Right. So, so, so when you go to someone else, um, uh, you know, who do you go to first? Well, you got to start with the people, you know, and probably you want to start with your best customers, right? They know how you conduct yourself and go. And then your goal is to be a great customer, help them help you. Uh, and, and then, and, and, and also what if, what if, what if you can't find someone? Well, maybe you can help build someone. How do you help build someone? Well, one way you can help build someone up is if, if more people are coming to you for your specialties, than you're able to satisfy, well, maybe you can train someone to back you up, teach them some of your tricks, give them some of your job aids, some of your tools. Um, mm-hmm. and then they're there to help you. They're there to back you up. By the way, when people get in, get a reputation for doing that, that's often how senior executives look at somebody and say, look, that person's building a team around themselves already. Maybe we should <laughs> make that person a manager. Right. Yeah. And likewise. Wow. Um, yeah. When you have those kinds of job aids, that's also how to supercharge your customers because mm-hmm. not only are you available to help them, but you say, hey, this is one of my specialties. Let me show you my checklist so you understand exactly what I'm going to be doing. Uh, and, and meanwhile, also, what if you go to somebody, you can't find someone to do what you need. It's not something you already know how to do. Then how do you build up a new go-to person? You go to somebody who who whose specialty, whatever you need, it's not their specialty, right? You can't find someone who it's their specialty. Well, you can do someone a huge favor by saying, Hey, I need this. Maybe I could give you a chance to learn and make this one of your new specialties. And, and you could do this for me and also build up this new specialty and add it to your repertoire. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so when someone does that, uh, it requires a lot of leadership, I guess, you know, to become a leader and then take those actions, you know, to build this, let's say, team around you. And um, yeah, I have never had that, to be honest, in the, in the workplace. 
uh, and I left my corporate job. And I kind of like wanted to ask you about millennials today in the workplace, because first you've also mentioned, you know, play the long game. And I can imagine that someone just as a millennial stays in the company for one year, two years, and then they move on. So is it possible for millennials to become indispensable at work? And if so, how do they do this? And what's the motivation that they are looking for? Look, wherever you go, whatever you do, no matter whom you are working for, uh, you're in business for yourself. That's true whether you're a millennial or uh, a post-millennial, Generation Z, uh, or, you know, a grown-up like me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, that's, that's a millennial joke. Uh, and, uh, you know, or even a baby boomer, a real grown-up. Uh, but, you know, um, you don't have to work in an organization for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but by playing the long game, uh, remember, though, the, the long game is played one moment at a time. Mm-hmm. So when I say play the long game, you can't help but play the long game. In a year, it's going to be a year from now. In three years, it's going to be three years from now. The question is, what will you have done moment by moment? And what some people do in the moment is they do what makes them feel good in the moment or what makes someone else feel good in the moment. Instead of looking ahead, looking around the corner and saying, if what I, the decision I make now, the action I take now, what is the effect going to be? Um, in, in, in a week, in a month, in two months, in a year. So when I say play the long game, I mean, Mm -hmm. play the long game one moment at a time. So for example, if you're making dinner, right, you say, all right, well, we're going to, we're going to make a roast and we're going to make, uh, you know, and with all due respect to uh, vegetarians, if you want it to be a tofu roast, that's fine with me. Uh, (laughs) my niece is a, uh, 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 is a, uh, vegan. So, um, but okay, let's say you're going to make a roast because I am not a vegan, uh, and, and, a, and, 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 a, and you're going to bake a bread, and you're going to make a salad and dressing. Okay, well, the roast takes the longest to cook, so you got to preheat the oven, right? Then you put the roast in, right? You got to mm-hmm. make the dough, then you put the bread in, then you make the salad while everything else is cooking. That's playing the long game. It's planning. It's planning. Mm-hmm. Doing the right things at the right times in the right order. Uh, uh, that's that's the 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 right way. If somebody offers you a bribe today, right? Uh, I mean, people say a bribe. Yeah, you'd be amazed at how common that is. Somebody, how about if somebody just says, "Hey, if you do this for me, I'll bake you brownies." Right? You know, there's a story in the book about about uh, the woman Connie who bakes brownies for the for the inspection team. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'd love a brownie, and of course, I want to have nice rapport with you right now. But how I conduct myself right now says a lot about where I'm coming from and where I'm going, right? If you're baking brownies so that your incoming shipment um, passes my, suppl- my, my incoming inspection, what that should tell me is not, yum, I'll eat brownies and pass your incoming shipment. What it tells me is you're worried that your incoming shipment might not pass inspection. <laughs> so if I'm a real servant... What I do is I go to you and say, hey, what can I do to help make sure brownies are beside the point? What can mm-hmm. I do to help you make sure that 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 where our work intersects, I'm going to add value and help you succeed? That is how 
you know, and I'll share the brownies with everyone. Thanks for the brownies. But that's not what's at stake here. What's at stake here is, is, is what's right for the business. What's right for, for what's, how, how do we make everything go better for everyone? Wow. Wow. That's a really great analogy. Thank you so much for sharing that. So value and service mindset. And uh, yeah, there were a couple of really interesting and uh, things and keywords. And as far as I know, you also have a podcast, which is the Indispensables podcast. Podcast, sorry, conversations with real go-to people who stand the test of time in the real world of work. Um, what's the mission of the podcast? What do you talk about in the podcast? Yeah, well, it, you know, if you if you read my book, The Art of Being Indispensable at Work, it would be it would be easy to think like, yeah, but do these people really exist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they sound like they have X-ray vision and can fly, and yeah. you know, hearts of gold, and you know, and and they're real people in the real world. So I I um, I've interviewed so many of them, uh, mm -hmm. and and um, you know, sometimes people say, well, maybe they're just selfless saints. No, they're not. They're people who realize that this is how you can. This is the the. It sounds selfless, mm -hmm. but it's not sainthood. It's yeah. people who realize that the more they serve others, the more they demonstrate their value to others, that is the, the most valuable thing they can do for themselves and everyone else. So the mission of the podcast is to introduce people to real people in the real world who really conduct themselves this way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you interview uh, leaders mainly. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, so the the leadoff podcast was a fellow named uh, General Dennis Reimer. He's a four star general in the United mm -hmm. States Army. Retired. He was wow. chief of staff in the United States Army for four years, from nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety nine. So you know, a great American war hero. Um, wow. The second one is uh, uh, Dr. Lisa Wolf. She's uh, the director of uh, emergency nursing. Uh, mm -hmm research, uh, research for the emergency nursing association and an emergency room nurse. So, uh, people like that, I, uh, Eric Hutcherson, he's the, the chief human resources officer for the national basketball association. Uh, Ray Blanchett, he's the CEO of TGI Fridays. You know, it's people who I wanted to, to show people, you know, mm. that there are real people in the real world who, who really conduct themselves this way. Mm. And, and, yeah. and not only do they serve others, uh, but they succeed uh, beyond most people's wildest dreams as a result of how they conduct themselves. Mm. I love that. So basically, how they become, how they became indispensable at work. That's really yeah. great. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. Uh, thanks for sharing. And as we are coming to the end of this episode, we're closer to the end. I usually ask my guests about book recommendations. So besides your 21 books, <laughs> do you have anything? <laughs> do you have anything in mind you would recommend to the listeners, maybe business, leadership, mindset? Yeah, there's a great one that was just released um uh by Harvard Business Review Press, uh my publisher, a uh, month before mine called Unleashed. Uh, the unapologetic leader. Uh, it's just fantastic. I, I recommend that oh, one. Uh, that's, that's a great one. There's a book I always recommend uh, by Admiral McRaven uh, called Make Your Bed. Uh, if people who haven't run across Make Your Bed, you should read it. Uh, and he also wrote a sequel called Sea Stories. That's a fantastic book. Mm. Both of those are fantastic books. I love Admiral McRaven. Um, and, wow. Uh, 
so those are a couple anyway. Yeah, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing. And before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners where they can find you online. And also, if you have any freebies in mind that you want to share with the listeners, you can also do that. Yeah. Uh, if you go to rainmakerthinking.com, uh, that's our website. Uh, that's the best way to find me. And there's tons of free information there. We have, if you mm. click, uh, the, we have a news feed uh, where there's uh, links to podcasts like this one um, and uh, uh, interviews, articles. Uh, we have also on the website, we have white papers. If you follow me uh, on Twitter at Bruce Tolgan, uh, we, we release a lot of stuff there. We're on LinkedIn. Um, so we try to provide lots of free information to folks. And of course, the book is available wherever books are sold. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. And the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. And my oh, last yeah, yeah, yeah. question yeah. The podcast is available also. You can you can uh, uh, get to the podcast through our website as well. But the, our new podcast, the, the, the Indispensables. Yeah, absolutely. The Indispensables podcast. And my last question is, Bruce, uh, what is your mission and what is your future vision? My mission here at Rainmaker Thinking, our mission is to continue to help people get more and more out of their experiences at work. And so that means helping individuals uh, figure out how to, how to survive and succeed and thrive uh, and earn more for themselves and their families and contribute more to the missions of their organization and feel great about their careers. Uh, and for managers uh, to, to handle the profound responsibility that is having power in relation to other people's livelihoods and careers. So that's, we try to support managers um, in lifting people up and helping them get better. Wow. I love that service mindset. Amen to that. Uh, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for including me and for making it such a, a great uh, interview. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.